you broke some hearts. That happens. She has three. <laughs> yep, and luckily she has one left now. Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Brian. I'm Kevin. I'm Nate. I'm Tom. I'm Steve. And I'm Patrick. And I will not be broken. <laughs> but you will bend over for food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve, I think that's going to go on the t-shirt. <laughs> when, when Trump goes past two years... It's going to be, I support Trump on the front, and I will bend over for food on the back. Got you guys made a bet about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like no matter what, I have the moral victory there. Sorry, you were sad about something, Kevin? No, I'm I'm sad that I think I'm going to (laughs) win. It's a bet you were hoping to lose. (laughs) Not at first, but it's seeming more so day by day. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> uh, my choice for this podcast was The Big Sick. Uh, came out in July of 2017, written uh, by Emily V. Gordon and Kamel Nanjiani, who uh, it is the actually the true story, or based on the true story of how they met before they got married. Uh, and my uh, theme. My, my theme for this movie was. Uh, comedies based on meeting the parents and Kevin chose to go with this movie, Annie Hall. Never heard of it. No one's ever ever seen it. Full disclosure and distancing myself from pulling a Scott Staub as some people have accused me of doing. Um, (laughs) Honestly, I had heard of Annie Hall. I have never seen it. I don't like Woody Allen. I was going to say, you don't like Woody Allen. I was surprised you chose it. I think I was choosing a ringer kind of movie. And honestly, still don't, even after watching it. But we'll talk (laughs) about that later. Okay, so we're going to start with my movie, The Big Sick, directed by Michael Showalter, starring Camille Nanjiani, Zoe Kazan, Holly Hunter, and Ray Romano. Uh, It is the story of, like I already said, Camille Nanjiani, who is from Pakistan, who is... Falling in love with a, a white woman, but is behind the scenes being set up with a bunch of Pakistani women by his parents. I'm going to start with Tom. What do you think of the big sick? Uh, I actually saw this back a couple months ago, um, back before the Oscars were even like announced. I was actually kind of hoping this one got nominated for the Academy Award. I think it's one of the best films of last year. I actually wasn't a big fan of Kumail Nanjiani. I, I, I'd seen him in a few movies. I think I'd seen maybe bits and pieces of his stand-up. I just didn't... I actually didn't know what this was for the longest time. I kept hearing the title, The Big Sick, and I just like I couldn't put the ideas together about this comedian in this movie, but it's, it's a really, really well-made romantic comedy. My only real criticism of it is apparently in real life, like his parents didn't have nearly as big of an issue with him marrying a white woman. And I kind of felt like I kind of, I learned that after watching the movie, you know, reading about it. 
and even during the movie, I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of like the cliche, you know, the parents aren't really on board with it, but it's based on a true story. So kind of like when I found out that it was, they had taken a lot of creative liberty with that part of it, I was like a little disappointed because to me, it seemed like the only really thing about this movie that felt like a cliche. I just, I don't know. I felt like if they'd been a little mm-hmm. truer to how his family actually responded, it would have felt a little fresher. But it, it is a very, it's a well-written, really well-made movie. Zoe Kazan is adorable. And uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter are really amazing in this movie. Kind of a revelation for Ray Romano, as far as I'm concerned. I hadn't really seen him in yeah. anything dramatic. Holly Hunter is just like, every time I see her, like she, I, I guess I don't see a lot of stuff with her, but every time I do, I'm just like reminded of what a great actress she is. Yeah, you always forget how good she is. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing in this movie. And I don't think, was she nominated for this? No. I, I didn't it, think she was. This was nominated for one Oscar only. For writing, right? For writing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Holly Hunter deserved a nomination for this. She was so good. But that criticism aside, I'm going to give this an A. I think this is one of the best films that came out last year. It was. It won... Um, or She was nominated for the, the SAG Awards, but not the Oscar. Uh, Steve... Uh, I yeah I, I'm easily giving this an A. This is this is just a, flat out a great movie. It uh, made me laugh, made me cry. <clears throat> you know, it was basically everything you want out of a romantic comedy. And I I, I see what you're saying about the parents, the cliche parents. But uh, I don't know. I, I felt like that he needed that sort of antagonist. They were his antagonist, right? So the movie kind of needed that. And I love the. You know, we're, we've disowned you, but here's some food for your trip and text us when you get there. And, you know, so, I mean, the right. whole disowning him thing was kind of just for show anyway. You didn't, you kind of got a sense that they're not going to follow through with it. They never intended to follow through with it. They're just going to be mad for a little while. Uh, right. So they, it just felt more of a, okay, we got to pretend like we're really upset with this for a while. Uh, and it, it actually made me think of uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, yeah. That final yeah. scene. Yeah. Uh, I, there are some fantastic lines in this, some fantastic jokes that he kind of throws out there, like the, the 9-11 joke. <laughs> we lost 17 of our best guys. <laughs> so oh, yeah. inappropriate, but so funny. Oh, man. But it's, but he's, he's doing it because of, uh, like, in, it's, it's the weird situation where you're okay with somebody doing it because, because of the question that's being asked. It's so you racist yeah. in of itself, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, but it's he's 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 responding to prejudice by diffusing it with humor. Is but yeah, what he's yeah. doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way they handled all that stuff in this movie a lot. All the but hecklers even, and even Zoe Kazan. What's yeah. her last name? Yeah. Uh, she even has some funny lines, like when she tells him, "You overwhelm me," and then he says the same thing back to her, and she's like, "That's weird." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she delivers it really well. The sort of uh, that line and. Yeah, I just I really really enjoyed this movie a lot. All right, Kevin, I'm gonna follow suit and also give it an A. Um, I'm curious though, Stephen. I I know you mentioned earlier there were two times that this movie made you cry. And I know one of mm-hmm. them was when the father handed over the food and the the mother wouldn't look at him and they walked away. That yeah. one, or at least I'm guessing that was one of them. Yeah. What's the other scene though? Just when he's trying to do stand up and he just completely breaks down. 
Like you oh, just, okay. you could just oh, yeah. sense his that gut wrenching pain, and he probably because this yeah. happened, so he probably channeled that moment. And but yeah. it just it felt so real, so raw, yeah. and that yeah. that got to me. No, I did. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I definitely laughed out loud. Um, I, I did. I didn't cry, but I did get emotional during those scenes. But the the best. <laughs> the best scene because there were so many parts in this that were so awkward but i i hate when a a movie or a show makes you feel awkward <laughs> I, I but there are different levels there are different varieties and the kind of awkward that this that this movie did many times was funny it, it wasn't uncomfortable um and i appreciate that when he's sitting there and, and he invites his ex-girlfriend's dad over he's like hey you want to crash at my place and he starts just unloading the dad starts unloading to him well i cheated on my wife and immediately after you know you know when you have that moment of clarity after your climax (laughs) (laughs) you're talking to your your ex-girlfriend's former boyfriend that just that awkward scene was perfect and i loved it um so yeah this this was a great movie and i'm i'm kind of hating myself for putting it off because even before it was chosen uh, for the podcast before it was nominated, like Tom had seen it, I wanted to see this, and I was like, "No, no, I'll get to, it, I'll get to, it, I'll get to it." And then when it got nominated, I was like, "Ah, uh, you know, that kind of turned me away from it for a while. I don't know why." And I wish I had seen this uh, because if I had watched it two or three months ago, I definitely would have watched it again for the podcast. It was it was a really good movie, really good experience. Patrick, um, yeah, I also give it an A. I mean, it was a great movie. Um, it was funny it was heartfelt um yeah i don't have too much more to add we just finished watching it a couple hours ago um yeah i I love this movie nate yeah i'm gonna go the same thing i give it an a um i think to address some of tom's concerns of what did they change and things like that um because i I didn't know so what tom had just said about their kind of increasing the parents resistance to this marriage I don't have as much of a problem with that because it gives it gives you some wonderfully dramatic scenes, um, like especially the moment where he comes back and his family's all giving him the silent treatment and he gives them their own dialogue, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and it gives them this moment for him to kind of uh, challenge his religion and talk about finding himself. And there's these these fascinating you, moments that couldn't yeah. happen without him changing the reality. You can see it as a commentary on the situation at large, I suppose, with interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm fine because it fits the, the narrative arc of that story there. And I, I really liked it because it. Um, one of the things I enjoyed is you do get a sense that it focuses on that character. It lets the relationship build. It takes its time. It's, it's very smart. It definitely deserved the, the writing op, like nod. I think it probably deserved a fair amount more, too, as well. It was... At least maybe a best picture not. It was very, very yeah. good. Um, and then it, it it's smart. It, it takes its time right at the end. Once she, uh, spoiler alert, right? Once she wakes up from the coma, she doesn't immediately fall into his arms, right? Yeah, right. And then even she, when she comes back and talks to her again, she still doesn't. And then she still doesn't. And it's not until the very end, when, and it knows just how to end, which is that simple, happy little smile. Yeah, that the call back to the first moment. I think it's... There's some real brilliance to it there. Kevin mentioned the awkwardness. Some of the things, it, it gets onto that aspect of being a comedian and how mean they are to each other when they're ragging on each other and tearing each oh, other down. Oh, Burnham and, is in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you, you, you can't get a sense how they actually feel about each other and where's the line between truth and comedy. I, I think there's, there's something interesting that he's doing there with that, how he'll say something really hurtful and try to hide it behind comedy and others, he'll use it to diffuse. And so I think there's also this underlying, the subtext of the nature of comedy in it, um, but he wisely kept it the focus on this relationship and just him. And so I, I, I really appreciated it. So I'm definitely giving it an A. Uh, I am also giving it an A, and Kevin, I think it was me uh, that, that had talked about it at first, because I was, um, I had seen this in July when it first wow. came out, so I'd actually seen it in the theater. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I really like this movie, and it was, I was basically trying to find the best time possible to get it into a, into a podcast, and I had a, I had a pick, so it seemed like, it seemed appropriate. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have much more to say than what you guys have already said. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie, and I, I'm glad everyone else did as well. It was a, a little Amazon movie productions type of thing, five million dollar budget, forty two million gross, almost forty three million. Wow. So, yeah, I, Amazon's been killing it lately. Yeah, I, I've watched. I think I've watched at least this. I watched The Handmaiden, and then. I watched something else recently, and it was had the Amazon Studios logo in the beginning. I was like, "Man, Amazon's just killing it with these movies." They need to keep up with Netflix. Uh, but if no one has anything else to say, we will add the big sick to Flickchart. So Flickchart is a website where we uh, we rank movies against each other, and you can rank movies against each other as well uh, to get a list of your favorite movies from best to worst. So we are going to now add the big sick to our flick chart. Or Tom will. And our favorite movie to talk about, The Big Sick versus Murder on the Orient Express. The Big Sick. The Big Sick. And the Big Sick. Big Sick. James. I agree. Unanimous. That doesn't happen a lot. Oh, we, we also forgot to mention uh, Gold Star for this. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Six A's. Brian remains our Gold Star champion. You know what didn't get a gold star? The movie it's up against right now. City Lights. <laughs> City Lights or The Big Sick? I'm going City Lights. City Lights. I have a modern movie bias. I'm going The Big Sick. Yeah, I'm going The Big Sick. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> I'm going to lose. <laughs> There's really no suspense about what Kevin's going to choose. No, see, I'm I'm gonna choose City Lights, and here's why. Because you uh, want to tie it up. No, no. Um, the the two guys at work that found out I do a podcast and listened to a couple of them. Uh, they listened to the City Lights podcast, and I have a a printout of a scene from that movie at my desk at work because of them. So I'm going City Lights. Mm. <laughs> That's. <laughs> It's not the reason why. That explanation but it's still made no sense. <laughs> I'm choosing this movie because a couple of guys at work printed out a picture of it for me. No, no, it's, it's Kevin is our than... Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> what? If you're trying to say that that made as much sense as my reason, okay, but I don't know. When Kevin grows up, he wants to be either a nun or a bomber pilot. <laughs> I feel like City Lights really does a good job of exploring, you know, the 
controversy of tramps falling in love with blind flower salesmen. <laughs> it's very much the Me Too movement. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to budge. City Lights is my number one film of all time. So, so why won't you budge? There's food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> now, his are prescription I drugs, can't... not food. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't budge on this either. There's just, there is a classic status. Is anybody going to budge? No. <laughs> no? Yeah, I'm not going to budge. Patrick's done budging. He's like, uh, I have budged so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so be it. All so right. Be it. City Lights is going to stop the big six upward momentum. Uh, that puts it at number 289. Right in the middle. No, no. It, it's about, uh, yeah, in the middle. <laughs> good job guys <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep, it's, it is right in the middle it's got Fight Club and the final cut above it and it's got Murder on the Orient Express The Shape of Water and Mars Attacks right below it makes sense to me <laughs> we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, Kevin's movie Annie Hall He does meet her parents at some point in the movie. He does. He yeah. totally does. <laughs> <laughs> well, the obvious one would have been meet the parents, and I didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, there wouldn't be anything to talk about. He could have done, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yeah, it's a pity there's no other movies in existence that cover this thing. I've never, like I said, I've never seen it. So anyway, well, here, we'll save it. Okay. Right, wow. Hold on. What? No, I'm just, I'm looking through some of the synopsis here. One of the first ones really long. New York comedian falls for girl. I like this. I know I found one. The very last one. Okay. <laughs> In the summer before winter. <laughs> what? <laughs> the season before autumn. Yes, the season before autumn. <laughs> Things start happening. <laughs> In the day before the night. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about my choice uh, to pair with Brian's uh, The Big Sick and his theme of meeting uh, uh, meeting parents. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't take it so much as a, as a theme as it was. Good if there's job, any Kevin. part of the movie, <laughs> none of us still understands why you chose the movie you chose. Um, <laughs> but no, I chose uh, Annie Hall. Uh, Woody Allen 1977 film that many people have heard of. Some people have seen. Uh, I myself you say, had You said many people have heard of, like, you know, kind of known. Hey, guys, film. have you heard of this he, thing he, called He Pancakes? uses many people really the same good. way Donald Trump does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I've heard of this movie but knew nothing about it. I'm not kidding. Mayor Woody Allen, I avoid him. I... I Stephen has mentioned this many times. Uh, As do a lot of children. No, <laughs> no. You, you don't have to like an artist, but without bad art, we would have nothing. I, I'm bad artist. Wildly paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think many people would disagree that Woody Allen, in the last 15 or so years, has become a despicable person. It goes back a little farther than 15. There. Yeah. And and this movie, I I think. There are many things in this movie that are 
red flags that, hey, maybe this guy's a scumbag. <laughs> but anyway, uh, um, so that's I, I picked this movie because uh, when I was trying to find something to go along with uh, meeting the parents, I, I was looking through a series of lists, and uh, this was on the list for, for movies like that, and, and it had a clip of it, and so I watched the clip. And the clip was just the scene of the meeting the parents. So from the perspective, part of the movie, yeah, yeah. The, so that was the only part of the movie where this uh, involved him meeting the parents. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll pick this. Um, and it's something. It is a classic movie. So I said, all right, I should watch it. And maybe there's something about Woody Allen that I'm missing. And, and at this point, uh, with my ability to watch movies from a different point of view than I did five years ago, I said, all right, let me give it a chance. So that's why I chose this movie. Um, that being said, Patrick, oh, sorry, uh, before I get into that, the synopsis, for those that don't know the movie well, uh, here, let me tell you, according to IMDb, uh, it's, it's kind of long, so just stick with me, uh, neurotic New York comedian, Albie Singer falls in love with the ditzy Annie Hall. Okay, Patrick, um, <laughs> what did you think of this? <laughs> what did you think of this movie? Um, this was my first Woody Allen that I'd watched. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I purposely avoided him or just had just never seen it. Uh, I hated this movie. I, I wow. really hated this movie. Um, he is an unlikable, misogynistic asshole, and you have no, like, the whole story is him, and you hate him. So, I, Oh my God! It was I. I don't know. I I totally understand. I saw um, the point where he he puts the subtitles underneath, you know, of what they're really thinking. Okay, that I I can understand. Like I could appreciate artistry in that, and where he breaks the fourth wall, and even like you said, the dinner scene where they kind of have the two they split screen it and kind of go back and forth. I mean, there were creative elements in there that I was like, oh, that's. I can appreciate that from the filmmaking standpoint, that, that that's unique and innovative, and, and wow, that was cool. I hated this movie. I, I just, I could not stand, from the very get-go, where she says something to him, and he goes, oh, you're on your period, or blah, blah, blah. And then she says something back to him about sex. Oh, hey, hey we can't talk about that here. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this just, it's, I don't know if he was purposely setting out to portray himself as a horribly unlikable asshole, but, or, or if he was just, but I almost, it seemed like this was like him just masturbating. Like it was, it was him. He's like, I'm going to make a movie about myself, a complete asshole, but who gets all these women mm -hmm. and gets to just t talk about, like, uh, talks about sex and has a whole bunch of sex and, wouldn't that be great? And it's like, well, okay, cool, but I don't want to watch that. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good movie. Ugh, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. No, I, 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 when you said something about him being like revealed as a horrible person, I think he just was a horrible person all along. And it was like a good chunk of it. It seemed like it was just his comedy bits brought to life almost. Like if you said. I don't. I haven't heard his stand-up, but my guess is his stand-up seemed to be kind of that observational humor, situational type thing. So again, it almost seemed like he just had a stand-up routine that he's like, "Hey, how about I just sort of tie some of these skits together and we'll make a movie out of it," kind of thing. So even that, it didn't seem cohesive. 
And so I read up afterwards that like this is one of the most highly rated romantic comedies of all time. And I'm like, man, The Big Sick was so much better if you're looking for a romantic comedy. Hands down, it, it beat the shit out of Annie Hall. So not I, one of the highest rated. This as, not one I mean, of the highest rated romantic comedies. It's one of the highest rated films of all time. Films well, but of they all kept time. talking about it as romantic comedy. At least in what I was reading up about it, about that that was the, yeah. what they built it as. Yeah, I'm and just I'm like no, but some people were rating. I'm just, it I'm just like, saying uh, it goes beyond that. Yeah, yeah, but, he's doubling I, but down. I just yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I there was enough of a filmmaking art that I'm not going to give it an F. I'll give it a D. But man, I. This, I don't ever want to watch another Woody Allen. That was, that was what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I feel dirty. Like, let, oh, let me I say, okay, Brian, are you also giving it a D? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Hey, uh, Stephen, what do you think of this movie? I, I want to respond to something real quick. Um, and I don't begrudge anybody not liking Woody Allen, and I don't begrudge anybody avoiding him on moral grounds. I, I like. <clears throat> I don't specifically have a moral problem with Woody Allen because a lot of the stuff is allegation. Um, I don't like him either. I don't generally like watching or listening to him. Um, but I, I just do want to say, try watching something like Radio Days because I think you'll like it a lot better. Because he's okay. not in it. He's not in it. A lot of his movies that don't feature him actually like feature like a proxy of him, like Kenneth Branagh in Celebrity that I found annoying. But some, watch something like Radio Days where it's... He's not in it. There's no like Woody Allen proxy. It's okay. just like, yeah. Did he write it or direct it or? He, he wrote and he wrote and directed Radio Days, and there's like a handful of others that he's not, he's not in, and doesn't have like himself inserted in somebody else's, you know, in the guise of somebody else. But right. yeah, th those might work a little better for you. Okay. See, that's the thing when I when I think about Woody Allen, I for somebody who has been. In the spotlight, or, or not in the spotlight, but in but in the industry, successfully for so long, for probably four decades, and has weathered the shitstorm that he set out for himself, and still come out on the other side, not completely annihilated. There has to be talent there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, whether whether you like it or not, it's 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 like any of the great artists. You can like their art you can hate their art but you can still appreciate them as an artist so that's why i was like okay there's got there's got to be something there and, and this you know may not be one of the better ones for those that aren't familiar with him as a good artist per se this you know like patrick and myself this is more of an introduction to him uh, we'll see so uh uh, this Patrick. is this actually wasn't my first Woody Allen movie, but I, I don't want to see him in another movie. Yeah, uh, I, and I that sentiment I totally understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I really enjoyed Midnight in Paris. I will say that I I thought that movie was fantastic. Okay, I haven't seen that because I know we've talked about him before on the podcast in general, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen that, and that's one we did a couple of years ago. Uh, so two Ds so far, Stephen. What say you? I give this an A. I've loved this movie for a long time. I agree that he's an unlikable character, but I think that's part of the intention. Um, he's right. deconstructing the leading man, kind of like what is the leading man. So he's reveling in the neurot the stereotype of the neurotic New York Jew that you know is thinks everybody's out to get them and uh, treats people like they're just annoyances. And so he's sort of taking that stereotype and sort of pushing it at you but at the same time he's also de deconstructing the concept of filmmaking and how do you right. uh 
how do you create a film and also say something at the same time? Uh, it's he gets better at that later on. I think Crimes and Misdemeanors is one of his yeah. best, where he really does say something, something really meaningful. And this, he's kind of just sort of deconstructing those ideas. And it's from a craft perspective, this movie is great. I also think it's really funny. There's some really funny scenes in this, uh, <laughs> to me. Um, I love the, the line where he goes out to California and he's at the he's at the cafe and he's like, uh, "I'll take the the uh, wheatgrass and mashed yeast, please." Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I I I like Woody Allen, not him personally, but I could separate the art from the artist, and you know that's the uh, if we did away with all art that was made by terrible people, we'd have no art. So. Um, that's I the can, line I couldn't remember. Yeah. I can do that to a point, and uh, Woody Allen's kind of like just on the line of where I can of, of that line that I draw. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I mean, I I don't think Woody Allen should be celebrated like with a lifetime achievement award or anything like that, uh, because he he does seem like a terrible person. But well, I, I think the problem, is, yeah, the problem is art comes later with like Manhattan and stuff, where he seems like he's really obsessed with underaged. Girls. Yeah. 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 And, and she seems to be trying to justify this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every movie he's make is like he's trying to work out his his that issue. Yeah. And, and oh, definitely. Yeah, it's a major uh, turnoff. But you know, I still think he makes good. He still makes good movies. Um, I still even like the movies where there is the proxy for him, um, even though I, I I never really. I kind of had the expectation when I go into a Woody Allen movie and there's the Woody Allen character that they are going to be unlikable. Mm -hmm. That's just, right. I kind of know that going in. So, you know, knowing that I can enjoy the movie for what it's, what it is. Uh, so yeah, I give this an A. I don't know. Maybe if uh, the fact that he didn't get the girl mm -hmm. makes right. me happy. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I well, no, cause point. he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And he, and he, and he doesn't knows it. it. But I, I, I want to see him end up more miserable because of the <laughs> character he's he's painted himself as. So, but anyway, uh, Nate, um, what did you think of this? So when I I do have I know like Tom and Stephen have said that they have a hard time separating the artist from the art. I or said that they, they you know, I I really struggle with this, especially with with Woody Allen. Um, I kind of this is going to sound really mean, but give me a second to explain it. I kind of he's old, and I kind of don't want to watch any of other of his movies until like give it ten fifteen years until he dies, um, because I want to look at him like we do with like a guy like Hitchcock, right? Yeah. I want to be able to separate the art from the person, and I kind of or need Chaplin. Person, or Chaplin. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, you know, one of the reasons I don't like The Birds, besides the fact I think it has problems, is because when I think of what Hitchcock did in The Birds to right. Tippi Hedron, I think it's awful. And I don't think it, you know, the art that was produced wasn't especially outstanding. It's not alleged that he married his adopted daughter, and I don't care how you dance around that with him not signing the papers or whatever. It's well, wrong. It was yeah. Pharaoh's adopted daughter, right? Yeah, and he never, but he was married to her at the time. But he he never adopted her. It's um, I'm not I'm not saying that's yeah. not skeevy, but I'm also, you know, I'm also not saying that that's something to condemn his entire life by. The the allegations about the Mia Farris children 
is a little harder to to, to get. Yeah, over. yeah. And there's enough. I think I do think maybe his career might be coming to an end here. Um, we'll see what happens if he can get financing for another movie. But this this film, um, one of the problems that I I do have with it, I think that there's there is so much brilliance, but he is putting himself into each and every single one of these characters and every single one of these films. And he's doing it, right? He has given us that cliched nebbish. There is now a Woody Allen character. Mm-hmm. Um, he's added that to film, but he has also added ways that you can experiment, um, ways that you can show thought, ways that you can do the split screen, ways that you can, how to break the fourth wall. He establishes a lot of film craft here. Right. Um, and from the beginning, this whole film, he's drawing this binary dichotomy between horrible and miserable um, doing all these different things, you you can tell it's not going to end up well. And this is the kind of the first anti-romantic comedy, right? It is a romantic comedy, but it, it's always famous because he doesn't get the girl. Um, but you should know that from the beginning. Um, yeah. It's very dark. There's He is tearing everything, everything down. Um, and I, I do think a lot of these things, he's working out his own psychoses, his own issues. Because um, he, he is a man who's had several failed relationships who's really struggled who's had all these things and i think he is also stevie said he's rewriting the leading man and i think i believe you know in some ways he he's wishing that he could be something different he's trying to justify some of the behaviors and decisions he's making personally through his art which artists do right um but when i start comparing that to what he has allegedly done or hasn't done it really makes me squeamish. Um, and so I struggle with this uh, personally. And so I don't, as a film, I would have to give it an A. Um, and I don't want to punish the art. I don't want to be like, give it a B and then in 10 years say, give it an A, right? As a is film. This your, this is your first time watching this? No, 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 no. I think this is three or, third or fourth. Um, but I really didn't start changing my opinions on him until I started reading some articles by Ronan Farrow and other people um, and seeing the, the other sides of things, um, how the allegations seem to have some weight to them. You know, it, it is, does clearly seem to be a he said, she said situation. But um, there's issues with that where we've spent too long in our society not listening to the victim enough, you know, the person making the accusation um, and not giving them the benefit of the doubt. And so, but at the same time, when I'm judging a piece of art, I don't want to knock it down when I know in 10 years I'm just going to bring it back up. As a piece of art, this is an A. Um, His legacy is tainted because we have to have these conversations about him now, you know. And I think think that's why he doesn't want to talk about it because he, you know, he doesn't like coming into the public eye anymore because he he knows that these things are going to be discussed, you know. He can't escape them. So I am giving it an A. All right. <clears throat> and Tom. Yeah, this is my uh, second time viewing this. I, I first saw it um, a few years ago, and I, like I said, I don't like, actually, I, I prefer Woody Allen movies where he's not in it and doesn't have some kind of a proxy, like Owen Wilson's Close in Midnight in Paris, um, but not quite. This movie's kind of, I don't know, it, it to me, it like exists as its own thing in my mind because I, I absolutely love this movie. I think a lot of it has to do with how he is revolutionizing storytelling on film in this movie. He's, um, I think, 
also that uh, Diane Keaton deserves a lot of credit yeah. for this film because for somebody to, they had already had a relationship before this, right? They weren't in a relationship, but this is clearly about his relationship with her in real life. And for her to make a movie about that where she's, she's essentially playing a version of herself mm-hmm. and, and allowing him to you know, lay all these things bare and ex- you know, explore them. Um, and uh, I mean, just for her performance in this film, and I, I think she deserves a lot of credit for this film. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, beyond, beyond just you know, you know, giving a great performance. Um, and I love the scene also where she sings um, uh, Seems Like Old Times. One of my favorite scenes in a film, and it's it's really just so simple. Um, she yeah, did win I, an Oscar for this. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's a great film. Mm-hmm. There's there's a moment here or there where I kind of cringed a little bit because because of real life stuff. Um, and like Nate was saying, a lot of that is why I'm hesitant to watch something like Manhattan or you know a lot of these other films where he's casting himself opposite somebody so inappropriately young. Um, especially Manhattan's all about a, 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 a basically a high school girl. Yeah, um, yeah, that stuff. That stuff does kind of cross the line, and I, I feel like at some point I'm probably going to watch Manhattan, but it's like I don't really want to, you know. Um, Annie Hall is just kind of exists to me as its own, just this own thing that kind of it defies about how I feel about Woody Allen as a person, and I just I think it's a great film. Okay, well. Uh... I'm I'm definitely not on the A side. Uh, I don't know if I'm quite a D, kind of between a C and a D. Um, I did enjoy the style of the movie, um, like we've touched on already, the different things that are brought out that, that show you different facets that you can use to communicate to the audience. I did enjoy that, and I did appreciate that, and I don't... I'll, I'll trust that what you guys are saying that this was some of the first time this was done and, and has since been expanded on and used by other artists. Um, not even taking into account him as a person. The character, Stephen, you pointed out, you just you don't like him. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have a hard time appreciating or not appreciating, enjoying a movie, uh, all of that, uh, with a character that I don't like. Um, and... and you can almost say, okay, well, what about Diane Keaton? You like her character. I almost kind of don't like her character because she's putting up with a scumbag. Um, and, and I've, I've seen, I've, I've seen the stereotype he's portraying, and it irritates the shit out of me. So I, I, I don't like it. Um, I think if he wasn't the butt of his own jokes, yeah, I, I'd probably feel yeah. different about it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give this movie a C. Uh, right now and like nate when he's dead and gone might change but who knows um i am curious to see though maybe some of his other stuff uh that he's directed or that he's written that he's not in or that you know isn't focused around a character like him Um, because i the talent is clearly there um so i'm I'm glad i i finally saw this movie and I, I think Dan Keaton did give a wonderful performance in this. That was the only really saving grace uh, for me in watching this. Well, let me ask you guys, uh, how did you feel about like the the scenes of his childhood? Because to me, those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Um, you know, his living under the house, under the roller coaster. Oh, under the, yeah, yeah, Coney Island. 
I love how he says, like, this is probably not how it was, but this is how I remember it. Right? Yeah. And, they, yeah. and then when they go back and visit it later, it's actually a house right under a roller coaster. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's, even what you were saying, it's part of it, and maybe it's just, I mean, different people have different things that they find funny. To me, even the comedic moments fell flat to me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I guess maybe, you know, take away all of what we know about him as a person. I just don't think he's that funny. You know, like I could see where the here's where the laugh so line is. Somber. Here's where I'm supposed to get that joke or laugh. And, and it's like, eh, it's not that. I don't know. I, I just don't have an appreciation for it, I guess. Because Radio Days is based on a lot of his experiences as a child. All right. Um, could somebody throw these grades in? Three A's, a C, and two D's? I guess it's going to be around a C. Three A's, two D's, and a C. It is a C plus. Any Hall gets a T Rex with an AK forty seven. All right, and Tom, could you run us through flick chart? First matchup: Any Hall versus. Oh, okay. Any Hall versus the Shape of Water. <gasps> oh. Shape of Water. Yeah. Shape of Water. Yes, Shape of Water. I go. It's still going. Any yes. Hall. Any Hall. Got one on our side. Woohoo! Yeah, pretty quickly. Wow. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and you lost another one. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well done, Brian. We totally tricked them. <laughs> this is a fun game. <laughs> uh, shape of water, I guess. <laughs> and Danny Hall goes into the bottom half of our flick chart. <laughs> Danny Hall versus Lady Bird. Annie Hall. Danny Hall. Lady Bird. Annie Hall. I heard Annie Bird. I'm not sure. <laughs> I said Lady Bird. Nate I said Annie Hall. I said Lady Bird, too. I said Annie Hall. <laughs> it's Crap. Oh, hang on a second. Um, Annie Hall's going to be our litmus test. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Please let this happen. <laughs> no, because if I, I'd only be going Annie Hall so it doesn't hit the stalemate. Because I... I didn't care for Ladybird that much, but I liked it better. Not that I, I definitely liked it better, but it's not like barely better. It's significantly better. Well, then you got to me at least. Yeah, I got to go Ladybird, but we're stuck. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is your fault, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least the stop movie you picked didn't make it to the top of the list. There you go. <laughs> right, it's Twelve Angry Men like <laughs> no, immediately launched up. Worse. To, like, it's worse because it's right in the middle. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. Oh my god, I can't even take it anymore with this flick shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense from our grades though. We have three A's and then three low yeah. grades. It makes yeah. sense. That Annie we Hall like is now at number four ninety four. Wow. <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm going to list some movies that it is underneath. <laughs> which oh, because it's stuck on the middle. That, that yeah. makes sense. Which include The Man with the Iron Fists. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Bad. This is totally my fault. The Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oh, fair. No, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, that's not fair. That's, it's the Transformers animated movie. I got really angry for a second. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. There's a couple of gems that are buried in the shit at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, like Annie Hall. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. This, this... Hang on. How did my big fat Greek wedding get in our chart? 
That's a very good question. Do not remember that podcast? <laughs> Opa. That was one where everyone was drunk. <laughs> oh, I have no, Tom. I have no idea. How did it get on? I don't know. Anyway, once I remove that, it's two spots built at Appleville. Oh, okay. French mumbo Let's let's move on. here me oh how's it going not too bad congratulations on your engagement oh, yeah thank you. i was just gonna say that <laughs> it's awesome i was i was sitting here i'm like we're talking about someone wondering if nate's married this is only gonna be the next logical step <laughs> yeah okay so but... since you brought it up how did she propose i <laughs> 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 did it on april fool's day <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I was like, I have to do it on April Fool's Day. What other day would I do it on? <laughs> did you really do it on April Fool's Day? I did. Absolutely. It's... 100%. And the I fact that she said yes makes her the perfect <laughs> woman for Brian. 